It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back again here on Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Joel Norman, Stars broadcaster. We're now we're joined by Tim Gray from the Lincoln Journal-Star as we get sent for this final weekend of the regular season. Tim, another year gone by just kind of flies by, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like we were still in October or November, and it's April or almost May now. So. I feel like ever since February started, it just went into a full sprint. And mm-hmm. I blinked, and the weather would change 20 degrees that's, but with each blink. That's, that's Nebraska for you. Like it's, <laughs> it could still snow next week, so you don't know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could see some cold temperatures in here still. But playoff hockey, one way or another, is coming next week. And, you know, Tim, as we we head into this final stretch here, it's going to be really fun. And uh, there's still a lot to play for coming mm-hmm. up this weekend. We touched on a little bit with Rocky. And the Stars are in third place, trying to leapfrog in a second. And you and I were just talking about it off air. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things to keep an eye on, though, with that race for second, because Waterloo is at Dubuque, and that's certainly an exciting matchup there for two games this weekend. Yeah, because Dubuque is a, a point behind Green Bay. Um, you know, they're playing for if they move up a spot, they get a first round three game series at home compared to on the road for three games. And you know, I know you and Rocky are talking about it about you know on the road, you don't get a if you lose that series, you don't even get to play a home playoff game, and it's been that way the last couple of seasons. But, I mean, Waterloo has no push up, pushover either with Dubuque. So the only thing I don't like is they don't have the cross-conference and Waterloo gets to play Dubuque, you know. Yeah. And it's just – Next year solves that. But yeah. you're right. It is so funky. I think the Stars have really – them and I think Tri-City really hasn't much either. But almost every other team in the West has gotten some action with the East. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know it's it's kind of location with Nebraska having three teams easier when you only have to travel 70 miles to Omaha and yeah. 100-something to, to Kearney. But it, it'd still be nice to see some of those teams because even when Team USA would come to the icebox, oh, and yeah. it depending, you know, sometimes the Stars would blow them out and be vice versa. But when you get to see Austin Matthews and Matthew Kachuk and – Brady Kachuk and just kind of the big superstars coming to the Xbox is just kind of more like you're in awe of, hey, I saw that kid when he was 17 and now he's first line on, you know, Montreal Canadiens yeah. or anything like that. So. My, my thing I've said is that Team USA should have to travel to every building at least once. Mm-hmm. They have two teams anyway. Yeah. Just send one of them and they already have enough advantages as is. <laughs> and, and you could do that where you could do two game series like Friday night you play the 17 unders Saturday night, you play the 18 unders yeah. and you just travel together or vice versa. But I mean, it's, it's a special, it's a different kind of game when you watch team USA come in and play. So. Absolutely. I, I just, I think for all the advantages they have, that's the one thing that maybe could be done is mm-hmm. they go everywhere. I know it's tough. I know it's yeah. easier said than done, but that's my, my, in a perfect world, this is what happens thought. On the and, and I agreed with you guys with the playoffs. I'd, I'd rather see five game series and, I know the first round by is kind of nice, but I've seen plenty of times where those teams take that week off or those extra days and just get absolutely steamrolled, no matter if they've got a 20 point advantage in the standings over a team. And it's like, like I said before, Tri-City won the court cup with a sub 500 winning percentage because they went to overtime, you know, 23 times in the season and those points matter, but it's just, I'd like to see the playoff format change, but, it's nice seeing, you know, at least six teams from each division in. I think the thing that gets me is that almost every C- every team in the CHL, every league in the CHL, they're all seven-game 
playoff mm-hmm. series, when, regardless of which one you're in. You know, the BCHL, that's outside of the CHL. They do seven-game series. Mm-hmm. I'm so surprised that we don't do at least five. You know, that was something yeah. when I first joined the USHL, I was so stunned by. It was just like, it's only their first and second round or three games. I still think they're kind of trying to figure out the playoff format, you know, as they go. Because when I first started covering the Stars, it was more, I think it was like five, five, and five. But there mm-hmm. was not as many teams made it. And then, you know, COVID kind of hit. And it was just like, well, what do we do now? Because the one year the Stars were in playoff contention. And then they were just like, we're just going to take the top four teams. And sorry, but you're not making yeah. it. And stuff like that. So... But it's also, you know, who's running the league and just kind of trying to find that perfect balance of what they can do. But Yeah, Ronke mentioned I'd take a weekend off. I'd go take the last two weekends off. Yep. Start playoff hockey, play some games in the middle of the week, a couple of days or so in, de- in between, depending on the, the team you're taking on. But I just I think that would even it out so much more. Like, you know, started on a Wednesday and then you've got Thursday off for travel, Friday night game, Saturday night game, take a Sunday off. Yeah, play on a Tuesday or whatever, and then see where you go from there. But yeah, it's it's tough on kids when they're playing sixty-two games. Jumping right into it, yeah. Yep, and uh, from the text line, uh, kind of referring back to playing Team USA, um, they say I'm pretty sure the last time Team USA was here, uh, Trevor Zegris was playing, and they destroyed us. You might know more about that. I than... I honestly I don't remember Trevor. I I could have missed that game. I, I yeah. honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I do remember. I remember one year Austin Matthews and Matthew Kachuk were here. I remember Brady Kachuk coming in because the Stars steamrolled him. Jack Hughes played at the Icebox, Jack, too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Jack Hughes did, along with uh, Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Um, uh, That's what I'm saying. The, the, they should be able to, They should have to come every the year. The goaltender for the Florida Panthers, uh, Spencer Knight, wow. was here. Yeah. Yep. And I, I'm pretty sure the Stars may have beat Spencer Knight one okay. time. But it's, and one of the games of six hours, I remember, you know, People talk about leaving the icebox early. Is uh, one of the Team USA games, the Stars came back with like a three goals in five minutes. And I think they, they might have won in regulation. Maybe they won. I think they won in regulation. And it was like four goals in the third period when they were down like 5 1 and 1 6 5. And that's just, but yeah, it's it's a special sight to see when you see all these players that you know they're going to be in the, in the NHL. And after watching Cole Caulfield, I thought he kind of got a little. You know, short end of the stick on the NHL draft because I was like, I, I said long ago, Cole Caulfield is going to be better than Jack Hughes, but we'll both see. both exceptional players. Oh yeah, though. they are <laughs> definitely worth bringing up. You know, the one other thing you were talking about comebacks and it brings up the this past Friday's game. Mm-hmm. You was on the road, obviously, so you won't you didn't get a chance to see it in person. Were you able to follow along with that one at all? Were um, you one of the unfortunate people who turned it off after three I... to one? <laughs> I remember I was sitting on my couch playing Call of Duty, and I was watching as I go, and I saw it was three three one with the empty net. Then I saw it was three two, and I refreshed, and I saw it was three three, but I didn't have who scored the third goal up, and I was like, "Is this a glitch or is it?" Because it's, it's yeah, absolutely, it, it has totally glitched this year where you know there's a random score up there, and I was just kind of like, Mm-mm. and I have stars. Twitter account as like my alert notifications and all I just saw was incredible with the you know brain popping emoji yeah. and I was like all right who scored and then uh and then Buckberger scored in overtime and I was like oh that's good for them because it's stars have had it happen to them plenty of times I remember there was one year Sioux City scored with like 1.3 seconds left in regulation to mm-hmm. beat the stars and 
it's not Rocky that just says it, you know, a full 60 minute. Cause I've had four different head coaches since I've covered the stars and every single coaches play a full 60. Mm-hmm. And when you're scoring with 0.3 seconds left, that means you're playing a full 60. Yeah. And that game time goal was so impressive, but the goal before that had its moments where it was, it was seven seconds after mm-hmm. the empty netter the and Marcellus goal, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the one that he just kind of poked home. I was looking back at the replay later that night, and what amazed me was it was tech, it was a power play goal mm-hmm. because it was a shorthanded empty net goal yep. before that. The Stars had a little bit of an advantage there. They lost the faceoff, but they just basically stacked all three forwards right up the middle and just kind of charged forward. They were mm-hmm. slipping. They were playing extremely desperate hockey, which is not – I think people hear desperate sometimes. They think of it in a negative way. I look at it as you're giving it your all in yeah. that in that moment, everything you have. They were just charging up the middle, force a turnover. Next thing you know, Tanner's got a mini breakaway, Ludke, and he, and he gets stopped, but then Marcellus is right there to poke it home. And that was a goal that I thought, not just the fact that it came seven seconds after giving up an empty net tally, the effort they put in, I thought, that is a playoff goal right mm-hmm. there, happening with still four games left in the regular season. And and going back to that, I know there's never a bad goal to score, but if you talk about timing, because, you know, you go up 3-1 on an empty netter, you're down a man, you're like, oh, well, all we got to do is ice the or ice the puck, send it down the ice, where you can kind of relax. And you saw it with, Des Moines, I think it was against Des Moines this year, where Stars had the lead, big lead, Des Moines pulls their goalie, they get a quick goal, yep. and it's just kind of like, then you put the team ahead on their heels, and it's just kind of like, they're left scrambling, and you don't know what to do. And it's kind of, with 46 seconds left, and you score – or get scored on after scoring an empty net goal, it's kind of like, oh, no, what do we do now? Yeah, and that was such a moment where it was I mean, it just stunned Fargo in that moment. And you could kind of tell when overtime started, just the way the building was, it was like, boy, they better score quick here or they could lose this game. And it was the Stars who scored quick instead. And do you think that kind of alludes into Whitehead playing back-to-back nights? Because he hasn't played a lot of back-to-back this year. And no. when you beat Fargo in such a dramatic fashion and then you see him as a starting goalie the next night, and then he gets a 3 nothing shutout. I mean, if they would have lost that game, do you think Whitehead starts the, starts the second game? It's a good question. It, I mean, it was borderline must-win territory yep. in that battle for that second seed. Mm-hmm. You're playing you're playing your number one goaltender in that scenario. I think he was going to go either unless he got shelled the first night, and even that might still go again because if he was going to get shelled, he would get pulled early. Obviously, that didn't happen. He dominated both nights. Goaltender of the week for the third time this mm-hmm. season. Best case scenario. But I kind of went into that weekend suspecting he'd play both because this weekend coming up with – and Rocky said it, you can't, you can't think ahead too much. I think with the situation in net and with that, the fact that you don't need to win uh, both games necessarily. So you, you want to. You mm-hmm. would really hope so, so you can get that second seed. But nothing – you don't lose anything, so to speak. Yep. Your season doesn't come to an end. You don't drop out of a home ice advantage in the first round or you know potentially second necessarily. I think we'll see both play this weekend. The way I would guess, who knows how it's going to go, I would guess Whitehead goes Friday, Massey gets Saturday. Because if you do play Monday, do you want to have Whitehead potentially playing four times in five days mm-hmm. when he's probably going to go all three games in round one? Because I've heard all year long, like, oh, you've got to find your number one goaltender. And I'm just like, it's just the way Rocky coaches. Like, he did yeah. it He did it in the null with Amarillo. He rode two goaltenders. And you watch other teams that playoffs hit, and you've got two number ones. And it's not saying Whitehead's the better of the – I mean, Whitehead is obviously tremendous, but 
Lucas Massey has been tremendous in his own Absolutely. Game, so. He's had some great moments this season. He, he beat Fargo mm -hmm. back in December. Really good outing from him, too. So I think that's the thing to think about is if he's in net in one of these games, they're going to have a great chance to win, as they have had all year when he's been in between the pipes. We'll take a break and continue our chat a little bit more after these messages. Stay tuned. This is Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes. You're on 93.7 The Ticket.